Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 169. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Alexis on Fire. The legendary Canadian hardcore outfit are releasing their first studio record in 13 years, which is entitled Otherness. In today's episode, we're speaking with vocalist and guitarist Dallas Green about the band's sonic evolution, their relationship with Australia, and how we got here 13 years later. Here we go. Our guest today is one-fifth of one of the most legendary hardcore and punk bands to come out of Canada in the last 20 years. Having released their last studio record in 2009 and utilising the last decade to focus on their respective solo projects like City and Colour and Gallows, today marks their triumphant return with a brand new studio record entitled Otherness. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours from Alexis on Fire, Dallas Green. Hello. Hi there. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you today? I am great. It's a a nice day in Toronto, which is always uh, welcomed in this time of year because it can be (laughs) really gross. (laughs) Because where are we now? It is June. Is that like, I would say, spring for you guys? Well, it's, you know, we, we've sort of, it seems like spring just doesn't exist anymore. It goes right from winter all the way, you know, into May, and then it's swelteringly humid in Toronto. Right. So that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that it's hopefully getting into a bit of nicer weather for you as, as the month goes on. Yeah. It is an exciting time at the moment, Dallas. Uh, there's a brand new Alexis on Fire record out this week, uh, which is very, very exciting. Congratulations, firstly. Thank you. It's uh, it's very exciting for us as well. Of course, this is the uh, the album is Otherness, and it's the first album in over I think thirteen years for the band. And I guess, firstly, how is it kind of starting up this cycle again and and re- releasing an album under the Alexis name? It's uh, I think partially surprising. You know, um, I. I don't think that this album would exist if we hadn't have gone through the pandemic, which is sort of like a strange thing to think about, you know, but we, we tried to use our time wisely. And I think we felt very grateful that we had this thing to turn to in such a strange time for the world and in our own lives. So it's like this real beautiful 
sense of excitement and pride and uh yeah i'm 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 over the moon about it i really am the album definitely i can understand that feeling the album is a uh it's an incredible record and i i think that there's a newfound kind of confidence and almost like a sonic diverseness to it almost if that makes sense yeah i i think that's a very apt description you know we we've obviously had time away from one another and we took like a pretty substantial break from being in the band or I mean, really being the band at all. But in that time, none of us stopped making music. None of us stopped listening and still being sort of obsessive fans of, of, of music. So I think that it was just a natural, it was sort of like natural for us to just, sound different but yet still kind of sound like us you know what i mean and i think when we started writing when we started writing it just sort of we we all seemed very supportive of one another but also seemed very uh excited about being able to try new uh avenues of 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 sound you know um kind of like realize that we could be whatever we wanted it to be you know it didn't have to be crisis too or it didn't have to be like oh are we too old to make music like this or whatever it was just like let's just see what happens when we start making music together and i think that's what allowed us to uh, explore some new territory sonically i think from what i've heard of the record is that it kind of there were it was started in the early stages of the pandemic which is where i think a lot of people able to slow down kind of reevaluate what's going on within their lives and kind of uh it's a bit, i guess it's a bit of a silver lining when it does come to a pandemic but relax <laughs> take stock all that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. and working on the songs in your basement uh from, from what i hear from some of the some of the songs was it almost like a return to the start with you guys being able to have a lot less pressure on the band and just hang out and write music yeah i mean that's that's what it was completely like. I don't think we re- even when we started jamming, it was because we because we could. You know what I mean? It wasn't. It wasn't to make a record. It wasn't like let's let's uh, you know let's the world has stopped. So let's make take this time and make an album. You know, it was just yeah. like <laughs> Wade. I told Wade it feels like he started the band over. You know, because he just said, like, should we jam? And we and we said, okay, yes, because that's something where we can actually do with one another. And as we started playing, I think because there was no pressure, there was no um, sort of we didn't we didn't get together under the pretense of of trying to create. It just sort of was. We just allowed ourselves to. Uh, it it really opened us up to just be creative with one another, which is sort of the best thing that the five of us do together. You know, um, we're all completely different people and we all have different opinions on a lot of things, but there's something about when the five of us aren't talking and we're making music (laughs) or talking about making music, that's when it's like, uh, whatever Alexis is, is what happens, you know, that's when that happens. So I think that was it. We were just free, you know, and I think, I think there was a, a large sense of gratitude to just have this ability to you know this thing we started when we were kids was still there for us to escape to 
and to sing about our feelings and talk about our problems and support one another. And it just, I think it all kind of shows in the record. We 100%. Um, I know a second ago you mentioned that uh, music has continued to be made throughout the time of when the band wasn't together. Like, uh, for example, people might know uh, your work as City and Colour or You and Me, um, Wade's work in Doom's Children, uh, George in Dead Tired. Do you think that having those other kind of projects outside of Alexis, coming back to it now, 20 years on, allows that collaboration to work a lot easier or you've picked up other kind of to allow Alexis to function in a, uh, a higher matter almost. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that, um, you know, at first when we were younger and I think I, I of course, like I started trying, I started doing my own thing and it was cause I had these other songs that I wanted to work on, you know, and they, I, they weren't necessarily songs I thought would work in the context of Alexis. And then I think as we've grown older, everybody has found an, another outlet for their creative side of them. But this record really felt like we, you know, we, we all used our collective experience to make the best Alexis record because, um, you know, it's a, it's a strange thing, right? Like, I don't think anybody sounds like us. I think when we get together, we sound like Alexis on fire and that's it. And um, allowing ourselves to create with other people and express some certain ideas elsewhere frees us up to be completely collaborative with one another. Because when, when we write songs, it's not about, uh, here, this is how I want the song to go. It's, it starts with an idea from one person, and then by the time it's over, we all have to be in agreement that this is how it should be. It's a very democratic process Alexis, you know, but I think again, using the collective experience we've had, but also being able to sort of like unload some of it elsewhere. It just, uh, it made this, this experience just like, it, it was honestly the most beautiful time I've ever had in the studio and in this band because it was nothing but positivity and support for one another's ideas. And, um, yeah, it was, I think it was, I think it's all, again, it's like a bit of just maturity and, you know, getting older and, and I think having experienced a lot of life together and separately. And again, going yeah, back to that sense of gratitude for one another and that we still, we still can be in a room and really appreciate one another's company and still make each other laugh and still have this outlet to uh, make weird music with one another. I think that all sort of seeped into it. I think that it's evident on the record as well. You can tell that there is a newfound uh, charge, or that there's a there's a there's a newfound fire and a bit of a stronger fire within the band as well. So I think that it's it's lovely to hear that the sentiment behind the songs as well is kind of the same. Yeah, absolutely. When uh, the you guys got together for this, I know that the album was produced by yourselves as well, which I think you've only done once before with uh, one of the EPs in in between the, the last album and this album, what was that kind of uh, process like in terms of not just writing and recording but producing the record as well as, as the collective of the five of you? Well, I think when we, when we kind of realised we had enough songs for a record and that we should go and record them quickly because we were 
sort of on a roll of creativity. Uh, you know, we talked about the idea of maybe trying to get somebody to produce us or whatever, but I, I think between all of us, we've, we've made enough records. Like for myself, like all I've ever done since I was 21 years old is make records. Um, so I feel like I know how to do it. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and the same with, you know, Wade has made records ever since too. And he's done scores for movies and video games and like, we've all done it. And I think the way we were, the way we were writing and, and the way we were collaborating after we, when we started making demos, it just, it felt like we knew what, we weren't going to let ourselves make a bad record, first of all. But I think we just knew that it was going to be okay if we did it ourselves, you know? And I think because of there was this real supportive spirit behind one another. And, you know, we're, we've known each other long enough that we're not going to, you know, we're, we can easily say what we mean to one another, you know, whether it's like to, to say to somebody that wasn't good, do it again. Or um, I'm not sure about that idea. Why don't you try this? We have a very open relationship with one another. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think, I think like I was quite confident that we were going to be fine. You know, whether, whether or not everybody else was, I think everybody else was. But I, I remember there was a moment when we, we made the first, like we demoed the first four songs that we had written. And once I heard them like demoed, I was like, I looked at everybody. I was like, we've, we've started to make the record. And everybody was like, what are you talking about? These are just demos. I was like, no, 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 I don't think, I don't think you guys understand. We've, we've begun the record, you know, cause I knew it. I could hear it already just by the demos. I knew that we had, it was only a matter of time, you know, and that was probably in December. And by the end of February, we had finished. That's incredible. You know, cause I just knew we were, we were, we were on a, we had discovered a new gear you know, collectively, not just as a band, but as a group of people that know each other very well. Like it, it, it was just this, it was, it was evident in what was happening. And I could, I think, like I said, because I've only done this for 20 years and I haven't, I haven't done anything else. I have experienced these feelings multiple times and I just knew it. I knew as soon as we started demoing them, I was like, we've, it's happening. You know, I could feel it. <laughs> and I was right. I'm very glad that you did get that feeling and that you guys <laughs> were able to kind of, um, yeah, uh, start that process of the record. With going into something like this, I imagine that there's, well, I'm, I'm not actually sure, but in my mind, I imagine that there'd be somewhat of a pressure in how influential Alexis has been and how many bands have kind of come up in the last 20 years citing you guys as an influence. When you do have an album like this where you are kind of pushing new sonic territory is there any fear or any thought of how it might land with some of those really diehard alexis fans and and whether they're feeling alienated or just that it might not be their kind of um thing i i don't think we thought about that at all you know i i think mm -hmm. that for us first of all we've never been interested in trying to be when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Anything other than ourselves, you know? And so even when we made those early records, I don't think, I mean, we didn't, I don't think we thought anybody was going to like us, you know? We just were making the music that felt good to us. And I think when we got together to do this one, there, none of us were interested in, in being nostalgic or trying to be what we used to be. We just thought, let's push ourselves and see if we can create something new, you know? And I think that's because that's the way we've always been. And I think that's the way all of us make art individually. I think we all just felt confident that if we made something that felt beautiful to us, um, no matter what it sounded like, because I, I think I had this little epiphany while we were writing you know, when we started kind of writing these songs where maybe they were a little bit more melodic or, or, or we were trying different approaches with our singing and stuff, I kind of thought to myself, like, I don't necessarily know that it was the way the three of us were singing together in the beginning that caught people's ear. I think it was just that we were doing it at all, that there was three different people in the band that were singing. So I kind of felt like if we come up with this new version of it where we can sing harmonies together and still be aggressive and, and loud but also show a different side of ourselves, I think if, you know, if we do it right, all those people that liked us in the first place will, will hear us in it. Whether it sounds like the first record or not, I think they'll still understand that it's Alexis. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, and I remember playing some of the songs for, for this uh, younger kid who works at Dynalone Records here in Toronto. And he's like a, he's a beauty, but he's, he's like the band for, you know, he was one of those kids who was young when it came out. And like, and I remember him just looking at me and going, I think this is exactly what your fans want you to sound like right now. You know? And I was like, okay, that's good. That's a good sign. Cause he would have told <laughs> me if he, if he thought we were blowing it too, you know what I mean? <laughs> Firstly, it's a very tough thing to to look either yourself or Wade or any of the other guys in the band and tell them that you've blown it. But one, I would agree with them. I think this is a um a fantastic representation of the sound of where the band's going. One of my favorite tracks, I think, was evident of what you were just talking about in terms of the three of you as vocalists working together, which was Blue Spade. Um, oh, nice. I yeah. that was a That's my favorite. Track. Yeah, it's it's a great track. Yeah, that, that one is like, I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I didn't know if you were... No, no, no. I was just going to ask. I was going to be a little bit selfish and ask uh, just more info about that song, where the song came from. Yeah, that that's my... That is my... Like, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it because that's like my... <laughs> that's my favorite song by far because it was the first song that Steel... Steel wrote the lyrics to that song. You know, Chris, our bass player. And... Uh, you know, Chris has battled some demons the entire time that we have known him and been his brother and been in this band with him. And uh, it has been a, a a very difficult thing for him to deal with and for us to try to help deal with 
as well. And so, you know, sort of expanding on this collaborative process, Steele started trying to kind of like write his thoughts down and present them to the band for us to, to possibly use in the song. And when he wrote those words um, and then allowed me and George to kind of be the voice for him, it was a very large moment in our, in our, not only for, I think, sonically and, and, and lyrically, what, what we could now um, sort of touch on in our songwriting, but also just as a, as a group of people who have known each other for a very long time, you know, for us to kind of be the support system for his, his thoughts. Um, you know, George and I don't take that very lightly. But then on top of that, when we were recording the, re- the song and George just kind of went into the vocal booth and said, I'd like to try to sing this one. Mm. You know, that was like a monumental moment, you know, because the demo of that song, George is screaming bloody murder in the verses. He's not singing because we were doing the like juxtaposition of like a pretty verse with George screaming. And he was just, uh, he was like, I'd like to try and sing this instead. And then he showed us that voice and we were all like, (laughs) it was like, it was, it was, you know, he made this quib. We were like, has that been there the whole time? You know, and he was like, yeah, I've, I've been able to do this the whole time. I've just been hiding it from you guys. You know, but I remember I had a moment after he sang, I was like, I got to go. I'm, I'm going to go put some acoustic guitar on the verses now. And I remember going in the, in the room and overdubbing acoustic guitar in the verses. And I'm sitting in the headphones and listening to George sing words that Steele had written. And I'm now putting like acoustic guitar on it. And I would just start crying when I was tracking because it was like this, like, you know, it was so much like being in this band is so much more than a band. It really is. It's hard to explain to people, but like we've been through so much just as human beings with one another. Um, and so that, that song to me, it means everything that like that song perfectly represents the record in my, in my opinion, you know? Yeah. I think listening to the record a few times, that was the one that kind of stood out as one that still sounded like a Lexus, but also sounded like a new Alexis at the same time, if that makes sense, kind of jump between, but still had that spirit of, of it throughout. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, Dallas, I know that this question must get tedious when doing press, so I apologize preemptively, but it is a question that has to be asked. I think that Alexis does have such a connection with Australia and Australia loves Alexis on fire. They love yourself. They love, um, City and Carla Doom's children, all the offshoots of Alexis as well. Uh, can we expect to see yourself and the guys down here at some point uh, promoting this record? Oh yeah. I think it'll probably be next year just because of the way things are lining up. And, you know, it's been, obviously it's been a weird, a weird time to try to book tours and all that with, you <laughs> yes. know, and like you go out and somebody gets COVID and you got to cancel and all that stuff. But I think everybody's trying to like, be as high spirited as possible about going back on the road. So, um, but yes, we will absolutely come back as soon as it's, it's, it's possible. I think that's like, um, we are very aware and feel the very same thing that you guys feel for us. Like it is a, (laughs) it is a very two way street, I think for, for us in that country. So, um, yeah, as, as soon as humanly possible, we will come and play for you. Beautiful. That's very, very exciting. Um, 
And lastly, Dallas, we would usually ask our guests what they're currently listening to, if there's anything that's kind of caught your fancy at the moment on your uh, record player or streaming service, respectively. Yes. Um, there is a there's a guy named – have you ever listened to His Golden Messenger? Yes. Yeah. M- MC Taylor? So he yeah. he made a record over the pandemic. Um, a, well, he made a, a, a new His record, which is beautiful, but that came out last year. Um, but he made a record over the pandemic and it's called Revelator Sound System where he, he took all these guitar loops he had made and then went and him and his friend made, made it into this like four song kind of free jazz instrumental thing. And he sent it to me before it came out and it, it's now coming out and I've been re-listening to that obsessively. So go listen to that, Revelator Sound System. And then what else have I been listening to? There's a band called You Do Right. Do you know this band? Mm-hmm. No. It's very, it's sort I guess you, yeah, it's instrumental. Um, they just have put out a new EP that's two songs. That's very cool. I can't remember the name of it because it's a very long title. So, but just look up You Do Right, Y-O-O-D-O-O, right, R-I-G-H-T. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what else about here let me just look through my phone real quick i know i'm missing something <laughs> something new uh oh i've listened to the, there's two songs that have been released from danger mouse and black thought from the roots are making a collaborative record i did hear some Very of those cool. yeah yeah so just yeah kind of stuff like that i was listening to smashing pumpkins siamese dream today because it's just <laughs> incredible front to back so yeah, some new stuff, some old stuff. Is that enough? Sounds like yeah, no, no, that's plenty. Sounds like <laughs> oh, and the new the new Wilco it. record, the new Wilco record's great. Cruel Country, great record as well. Very yeah, very good record. Yeah. Um, Dallas, thank you very much for your time. I do appreciate it. Um, congratulations again on the new Alexis on Fire record. Other than it is out this week. Uh, but thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Dallas Green for his time. Otherness by Alexis on Fire is out now, and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Amy at Deathproof PR for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning, and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the player's profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.